Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker Lehman presented by Riverwind Casino. Okay, OU stuff. The 212 degree mentality and our favorite OU game since 2000. CFB Roundup coaching burnout and a few more thoughts on the college football playoff not expanding and then we finish up with winners and losers of the week please download and subscribe to the podcast rated five stars and write us a good review follow the show on twitter instagram facebook and youtube just search oklahoma breakdown on any of those and you'll find us all right our man michael hosty will kick this thing off it's time for the oklahoma breakdown It's a beautiful Thursday, February 24th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in February from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play and Riverwind's $80,000 River of Romance giveaway. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best, and some exciting news. Riverwind Casino will be staying on board as the presenting sponsor of this here podcast through next April, Ted. We are locked in with our friends at Riverwind. Love it. Bad news to everyone out there. Uh, we're locked in. We've got our uh, presenting sponsor. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> they've, been, they've been a great prompt awesome. sponsor. So, so we are fired up to have our friends at Riverwind stay on board. As fired up as I am about Riverwind, this weather sucks. <laughs> I mean, I woke up Wednesday morning in like that sleet noise as it was hitting the window. I was like, that's not good. That yeah. sounds like a sheet of ice waiting to happen. I haven't left the house. Yeah, it kind of, uh, and it happened really quickly. The roads got nasty in a hurry, and I don't know. I don't know if we're done with this thing or not. I got to tell you, though, I kind of like this type of weather, and I missed the last round. I was in Mexico, so 
I'm enjoying it for now. Hold on. Wait. I just want you to think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed the last one. I was in Mexico, you know, drinking and sitting by the pool. You really, you like this weather? No one likes this weather. You're a liar. I, I like it. If it's go, if it's going to be winter and you can't do anything anyways, I'd rather there be some snow and ice on the ground, man. I I'm cool with the snow, but the ice can get out of here. Yeah. Stuff's dangerous. As long as it doesn't mess up the trees again, I've still got tree problems from the last one a year ago. So yeah. So you keep loving this weather. <laughs> I, I'm out. I am out on this. Weather. I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's get to the OU stuff. And the, the first thing I want to do, you know, we, we got a little drama with the Jaden Hazelwood tweet and you know, we, we, we've got some fun stuff to talk about, but the first thing I want to do is I feel like some people need an explanation of something, Ted. And and I saw this on OU football's Twitter and they put out, they're doing a great job with the hype videos. By the way, the the new one is right. One degree, one degree matters. So I, I want to explain something real quick because the newest hype video, I know there's whether, I mean, it may just be a few people, but I know there's a few people out there going, what is this 212 degrees thing? Cause you're seeing some of the coaches tweet about it. And I, I just, I know someone needs the explanation. So I'm going to help them out. So the latest hype video is BV talking about, you know, one degree mattering. And you saw a few of the coaches tweet about being in the 212 degrees club, right? Well, this, this goes back to my, my science days, so I'm glad I can bust this out. But there, there's a book called 212 Degrees, The Extra Degree. And basically the premise behind it, the, the premise behind the title is that water is really hot at 211 degrees. Water boils at 212 degrees. And when water boils, it produces steam, which you can power all kinds of different things with. Right. So the 212 degree mentality, if you want to call it that, is all about giving that one extra degree of effort that makes the difference essentially between good and great. It's the so transformation, right? You got to transformation go one degree to get the transformation. So I. I know there was probably someone looking at that like, yeah, I totally know what that means. You know, there's, it, it's never fun to be the person that doesn't understand what's going on. So I just wanted to explain it. I, I, I wanted to help, help a few people out. I like it. Now I'll tell you when I first saw that hype video, the first, uh, the first time I, I watched it, when he said, we're very, 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 I was like, don't say close. Don't say close. Don't do it. Coach. Don't do it. But he said, good. We're very, very good, but uh, we're trying to be great. I was worried there for a second. We can, <laughs> we cannot be close. That we we've got to throw that out. Yeah, not no longer close. Uh, I believe the new mentality is it ain't good enough. That's right. So That's right. yeah. So if you were wondering what the two hundred and twelve degree thing was, there you go. There's your explanation. And now, if anyone else out there didn't understand it, now you can tell everyone else. So there you go. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Okay, so the Jaden Hazelwood tweet got some attention this week. And if you didn't see it, Jaden Hazelwood tweeted, 
never understood how the OU fans call me soft when I literally joined the hardest conference in football and the toughest side, to be honest, which, by the way, no one, no one thinks the SEC East is better than the SEC West. I, so it, SEC West is, I mean, that's, that's where it's at. We all know that. But who's calling, who has who called Jaden Hazelwood soft? Did I miss something, man? I, yeah, I guess. And I guess I missed it too. Did you see? <laughs> I happened to take a stroll through the comment section. Did you see the guy that did the full on report about Hazelwood's Twitter? <laughs> that there was no, no interaction from any OU fan or anyone on his page calling him soft. It was funny. He it was like a full report. Oh, a guy get, did like a deep dive? Deep dive, full report. And I wasn't just Twitter. It was across all social media. It was, it was funny. But I think this is one of those situations where uh, you got a guy that is, you know, grabbing for motivation. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. And I don't think anyone – I guess I can't say – that nobody did, but th- I didn't see a large group of OU fans calling Jaden Hazelwood soft. I mean, he's one of the guys that I think a lot of people, when it was announced that he was transferring or entering the portal, were like, oh, yeah, that one doesn't surprise me too much. And, you know, I, I had some, not issues with Hazelwood, but I thought his injury really slowed his progression. Uh, I, I, I kept waiting, and I think we talked about this on here, that he just didn't look explosive to me, and I didn't know if that was the injury holding him back or or if that if that's going to come around or, or what. But, you know, when you're a five-star, this is the nature of the beast. When you're a five-star recruit and you go to a, a school like Oklahoma or anywhere for that matter, there's expectations that come with that rating. That's just how it is. Maybe it's fair, maybe it's not, but when you're a five-star, people expect a lot of production, and frankly, it it wasn't all that high, but I, that doesn't equate to him being soft. Right. I I actually thought he did a pretty good job, job blocking last season, mm-hmm. right? I, I thought he was he was pretty physical at the wide receiver position, but like you're saying, the guy wasn't soft. He was... It's just kind of slow. Yeah. He never, yeah, yeah, he never got the speed back and and maybe, maybe he'll get it back. And I'm congratulations on being in the sec West. He's right. It's, it's the best side of the sec. Like it's going to be interesting to see what Arkansas does, but Sam Pittman is doing a really nice job. There's no doubt, but yeah, I, I, I know that you and I didn't call him soft. We wish he was more productive. Right. And who knows what would have happened if the weird thing with the with the knee injury wouldn't have taken place? You know, maybe he would have lived up to to the five star label. But yeah, I I never thought the guy was soft. I wish he would have. I wish he would have produced more. But doesn't make a mean I thought he was soft. Right. I got one more thing about the soft deal. You know, I. There's very few Division I football players 
power five division one football players that are soft. Now, there are programs and cultures that are soft. Guys will get away with anything that you allow them. It's just that it's human nature. You give an inch, it'll take a mile, right? So if you think that Hazelwood was soft, I would say that that's not Hazelwood's fault. It's the program, the culture's fault for allowing it. If, if, if there is a, if there's a way to get away to, um, to cut corners, to do things easier, to, to raise your hand and say, I want to get out. Like if that's allowed, there's guys that are going to be soft, but I would say that that's not their fault. That's the program's fault for allowing it. That's the culture's fault for allowing it. Now, um, a lot of that, I would say, yeah, that does need to be policed by the players, but ultimately guys are going to get away. Guys are going to get, do everything in their power to do as little as possible. And if you let guys do it from, from the head coach down, if you allow it, that's where the softness comes from, in my opinion, not individual players. Like you make it to D one power five, you're a tough dude. That's put in a lot of hard work. And you've, you've gone the extra mile for a long time to be able to be where you're at. And most guys uh, will be resistant. It sucks. There may be a little bit of complaining about it at first, but most guys will do whatever you tell them in order to win. So if, if you got a bunch of soft guys on a football team, you shouldn't be looking at the guys. You should be looking at yourselves and what are you allowing everyone to get away with? Yeah, it's more of a you know, kind of a culture of discipline in my head, right? Because soft, you think like physically soft, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's more of the the attention to detail, uh, at times the lack of discipline that has bothered you and I over the last couple of years. Not necessarily like, hey, they're, they're soft. Like now they got pushed around in some of the games they lost, but you know, that, that that's football sometimes, but yeah, I don't think I, I I don't think I've heard a single person called Jaden Hazelwood soft. So I I wonder if this is just like a Michael Jordan situation where he's just inventing it in his head, yeah. like his motivation, which is fine. Hey, we've seen ath- athletes have done that for forever. But yeah, it was pretty funny. I you got to send me the guy that did the report. I got to see. Yeah, that I'll now. see if I can find it again um, because it was someone from USC chimed in about OU fans and this guy was like actually let me show you the details <laughs> it's pretty funny man well well actually there's a search <laughs> function on these here websites and not a single person called himself yeah that but that was that was something a lot of OU fans were talking about okay we do have a little a little update on on the collective or whatever you want to call it yeah the LLC uh, have some meetings on Friday and I, I will, I will say we are, we are looking into it and I do, I do appreciate everyone that has reached out saying that they want to help in some form or fashion. I do appreciate that. And if I need any of your help, Oh, I'll find you. Don't you worry. I'll find you. But think, think we've got some pretty good ideas put together 
for how people can support OU football players and hopefully eventually more OU athletes. But as as I keep working on that, I'll I'll keep y'all updated. But yeah, we we've got we've got some things in motion. Ted, we've got awesome. some things in motion. That's awesome. That's big time. It's big time. Um, it's 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 the new world of college football. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm a, a huge fan of it, but it's it's where we are. And until rules change or there's some type of guidelines given, you you got to go play the game. It's just where you have to be. A a guy emailed me basically his his whole plan for what a collective would look like. And I was like, thanks, man. You know, may use some of this, may not, you know, but like a full full word document, like nice. points and everything. Hey, that's good. I way more organized or th- well thought out than uh I would ever be. So that's good. I, I will say we are we are going to try to focus on a couple of different things, but I think there's going to be something for, for everyone, like something for like the big donor type people. But then also I I think we've got some good plans to get like some of, you know, some of the OU fans that, you know, they can only give, you know, 20 bucks a month or something like that. I, I think we got some creative ways that we can, we can make those people feel like they're, you know, they're part of this. So sure. yeah. we, we've got, we've got some things in the works a- as it comes together. I will update. I will update everyone on here. Awesome. I like it. You hate it. You hate NIL so much. No, well, we got to do it. That's true. where I'm at. It's like, we got to do yeah, it. You have to, I, I don't like, uh, like I said before, this whole situation could have been avoided if you just would have let guys uh, take a little bit of the chunk for their jersey sales, be able to go sign autographs and, and take some money for it. Like This whole thing could have been avoided to where you've got, you know, massive funds that are essentially baiting high school kids to come to their university. Uh, that, to me, that was never the intention of the rule, but I've, Totally blame the NCAA. Yeah. No, I know you do. All right. Our buddy, Bill Conley, he's the king of the offseason list. <laughs> and he, he put together a list of the best 60 games since 2000. There are three OU games on there that, Ted, you're not going to like this. Oh, I know. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Loves has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Loves has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. 
Monopolis Clothing, they always move quickly. Uh, the request came in for the It Ain't Good Enough shirt, and they made it happen. It's available now. You can go to opolisclothing.com, O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com, and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. Do we have a, a one degree yet? Oh, there's the It Ain't Good Enough. You see it? Beautiful. I'm, are we going to have to do a 212 or something, I think, T-shirt? Who knows? Um, it, if, that really, if that really catches on, yeah, why not? Yeah, for sure. Don't forget the uh, St. Patty's Day ones. That's right. St. Patty's Day. You got to have your orders in by March 3rd. You got a couple of different ones there. Uh, perfect green drinking shirts. You still get the discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. Opolisclothing.com. Use our promo code TED, T-E-D. For 10% off, buttery soft and 10% off. Okay, Bill Conley's list of the best 60 games since 2000 had three OU games on it. And, and they, they come at number two, which is a good one, but they, they are at number two, number six, and number 45. Let's start with his 45th best game since the year 2000. OU Texas 2018. Oh, you lost. So clearly not one of my favorite games, but you and I were both on the radio call for this game. I still think that Kyler run down the sideline was it's crazy. electric. I mean, yeah. it was electric. It's what one was of, the score at that point? Cause they were out of it. Like it was, it, the I game think you felt, had even called time of death during a commercial break. <laughs> I, yes, that is true. I said, I believe the the quote was, guys, this game's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, remember, Dicker the kicker wins that one at the very end. But, yeah, to to Bill Conley's defense, he kind of used this one to just talk about how crazy OU Texas can be and how crazy it's been, you know, kind of like the last eight years. But it has been crazy. That's true. I, I wasn't true. a fan of him using this one, though. <laughs> yeah, because this game, it, it, it's just it's not it's not good <laughs> for. I, I don't even know. I guess like Texas blew a big lead. I don't know how great they feel about it. Um, we just could not tackle. It was it was not fun to watch, but. The run by Kyler was awesome, and it was it, it was a walk. Was it a walk off field goal, or was yeah. there still some time? Yeah, walk off field goal. Yeah, that that's been that game's been crazy, man. Oh, it's you mean wild. like so? No, there was like there were a couple seconds left because they yeah. didn't like rush the field, right? Yeah. Like ten uh, seconds left, something like that. Yeah, no, it was it was a wild game, that's for sure. I I just pulled up uh, kind of the play by play, the scoring summary, and I think. When I said that during the commercial break, it was when Texas scored to make it 45-24. Yeah. Yep. And then I think it was it, it was on that next series and just a handful of plays later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was, was a Lee, how about this name? Lee Morris caught a 19-yard touchdown from Kyler. That's all he that's all he did is catch touchdowns. That's all he did. Pretty TD much every Lee. career, yeah. Every career catch he has is a touchdown, pretty much. Yeah. But then awesome. that next drive was it was a one play drive. It was Kyler. It was that long run. And where were we all were like, oh baby. That Nuts. was that game was great till it wasn't there at the right. end. 
Yep. Okay, so Bill Conley's sixth best game since 2000. The Fiesta Bowl against Boise State. Uh, Boise State 43, OU 42. By the way, a lot of people forget about the comeback in that game. Like I know everyone remembers the hook and ladder to send it to overtime, and then Boise going for two in overtime to win the win the game with the Statue of Liberty. I guess a bunch of people probably just remember it for Ian Johnson proposing afterwards. But OU was down and came kind of storming back, and it looked like they were going to get the job done. And then stupid Boise State and their trickeration. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that game, but like some of the, the, the trick plays, some of that's going to get you right. The frustrating thing is I, did they convert like a fourth and 20 or something on that drive to get down there and score? There was a couple plays in the middle of the field that left me just like wanting to claw my skin off. Well, remember they had the, OU had the pick six, remember, to take the lead at the end, like towards the end. And I'm looking for it. Yeah. Fourth, the oh my gosh. The 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 hook and lateral was fourth and eighteen. Oh. At the 50 yard line. Yeah. That that was it. Oh, that was so frustrating. Yikes. Um his second best game since 2000, Bill Conley's list. The Rose Bowl against Georgia. So if you're keeping track at home, the three games that OU made on this list, lost them all. Lost them all. But uh, that that Rose Bowl, I I don't know when like going when when they went up, what was it, 24 to 7? And we were all firing off tweets, or at least I was. You know, talking about, oh, mighty Georgia defense, SEC. Like, <laughs> that, like, 10-minute window before the – I'm going to say it, people, squib kick. Be, before before that happened, that was, like, five or ten minutes of my favorite OU football fandom. Like, just I – was, I was on top of the world as an OU fan for a stretch there for about 10 or 15 minutes. It was incredible. And – Oh, yeah, and we, we got – Crowd shots of Brad Pitt in the in the stand, enjoying it, good. having a good time. Oh yeah, we're just gonna cruise. This is gonna be great. I will say though, that was that was an unbelievable football game setting. I like that it was that was awesome. It was really, really cool. It it was really, really cool till you lost mm. the game. Still hurts. It still hurts. So the other games in Bill Conley's top five of, of games since 2000. Number one, he's got that national championship game, that Rose Bowl between Texas and USC. Can't argue with that one. That game was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. So two, he had the Rose Bowl between OU and Georgia. Three, he had the kick six Iron Bowl in 2013. That was awesome. That, that was really, really cool. That was awesome. Four, he had Auburn, Georgia in 2013. Don't remember it at all. Don't re- that, That's one where I was 
I was really surprised to see that one on there. And then number five, you had Texas Tech, Texas in 2008. That's the Crabtree, Crabtree, Cratch game. So that, that list inspired our call your shot. And we asked you guys, what are your two favorite OU games since 2000? And to say we got a lot of response responses, Ted, is is quite the understatement. It, it's probably our most replied to tweet I think we've ever had. So that was it was a good one, but we can't get yeah, it's got like 212 replies. Oh, 212. How about that? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> the universe. Look at that. But I, I picked a couple. This one comes from at dad commando. What a, what a Twitter handle <laughs> says Texas tech, the jump around night game, loudest game ever crowd went super Nova. I was at that game as a recruit. Ah, that's cool. And it was cold and it was awesome. Yeah. That game was over so fast. Yeah, I wasn't there, but I I just I remember the build up to it, and I've seen all the video and stuff. That was pretty cool. That's anytime you get an atmosphere like that at home, it's it's just insane. John Archer on Twitter says Nebraska in two thousand, and he also says the Texas Tech jump around game in 08. Nebraska in two thousand is. It's like my earliest memory, I think. I, I really do. And to this day, I will say that that is the loudest that stadium, since the loudest I've ever experienced that stadium be. It was insane. And obviously, you were playing in the game, so you, you can uh, shed a little more light on the atmosphere of it. But when y'all went down 14 to nothing and then stormed back, like, that place, it was shaking, dude. I was a little kid. Yeah. I was like, at one point, I was like, is this thing going to like fall down or like, how, how's this work? But it was that game. I, I still, I still remember bits and pieces of that game. Like that's how influential it was on me as a child. Yeah, it was awesome. I, everything about that game is like just the build up to it. I, I remember students were like camped around the stadium for like a week to get their student tickets, I guess. So there was like all these tents and stuff right around uh, waiting outside the, the waiting in line to get their, their tickets. That was awesome. Like the buildup was, was cool. Um, I remember seeing it's, it's so like I was a freshman, but in knowing that Nebraska is number one and like just watching them in warmups and seeing them, like Carlos Polk was their Mike backers, like 270 pounds. Just thinking like this team is so huge and so good. And they jumped out to that lead, but then it's just, it's special play after special play. And once that momentum got going and the crowd got into it, never looked back and the party afterwards, there will never be another party like that again. It was, it was insane. It's totally crazy. Todd Nelson, he's got 2000 OU Nebraska, but he's got 2021 OU Texas. And I, I know people are going to struggle to say that is one of their favorite games now that 
you know, Lincoln Riley left and Caleb Williams left. Don't let that skew your perception of that game or your memory of that game. And I know that that's really hard to, you know, to tell you not to do that. That comeback was insane. And it is, it's arguably the most fun I've ever had at a football game that I was not playing in. It was, I mean, we talked to Perry on Winfrey about it. Like it was, that, that game was nuts. Crowd. It was the, that was the best. I don't know, whatever, 45,000, 50,000, whatever the number is of OU fans there. Every single person, man, woman, and child going absolutely bonkers for, I don't know, two, two full quarters, maybe longer than that. I don't, it was, it was insane. Craziest, craziest thing I've ever witnessed. Absolutely. Bo Gastineau gave us, gave us a few. He said, hard not to say the 2000 national championship. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, it's just, it's different though. The atmosphere in that game was good, but a national championship or a bowl game, you rarely do you get that type of atmosphere. Like we're talking about in some of these games. And usually that's what ends up making it right. Is just the atmosphere, the crowd, like what all is happening. And we won the national championship and it was perfect. We played the perfect game for us, right? Defensive battle, wasn't hardly any scoring going on. But that if we wouldn't, wouldn't have won a national championship, if that was like a non-conference game, it would have been billed as the worst non-conference game ever. <laughs> you know? The most boring win in OU football history. That's right. That's right. No, I hear you. Uh, Bo Gastineau says 2000 OU Nebraska was pretty awesome. OU Tech jump around game was loudest I've ever heard Owen Field. 2014 when OU beat Bama in the Sugar Bowl was amazing as well. So he says, pretty sure that TD celebration penalty was called on me and my uncle. I'm not entirely sure what he means by that, but I, oh, I feel like there's a story there. That's awesome. That's great. I will say, like, for me, as a player, um, the 2000 Nebraska game was awesome. The loudest I ever heard that stadium, though, was two different games. 2001 against Kansas State at home. I don't know if you remember that, that game. It was close. We ran the greatest fake punt in history. So awesome. Um that game was incredibly loud. And then 2003 Oklahoma State at home. Because we had lost to him two years in a row. And that's whenever, you know, Les Miles had his, his deal on the sideline and pregame. We beat their ass from opening kick to the very end. I don't even remember what the final score was. But every single person in the stadium was there until the very end. And it was un godly loud we had like a goal line stand in the fourth quarter to keep him out of the end zone and that sustained we had like five or six snaps inside the five and it was sustained as loud as i've ever heard it it was awesome well there you go i okay so we, we we've got a few more that I, I mean so many people responded but blaine brown says he says, assuming 2000 Natty is number one for everyone, 
He's got 2015 at Tennessee, which is a game you were at that I was not at. Forgot about that. And then that was a, awesome. A game that both of us were at, 2017 at Ohio State. Yeah. That one was a little bit because we controlled it. I so, was I was underwhelmed by the horseshoe, the environment yeah. there. But they're also not very used to losing. And they were down the entire game and lost. Right. So they, I, it got, it got going. I think they came right out of half and went down and scored. Right. Yeah. And it third got quarter going. felt like, okay, is this thing shifting a little bit, but no. Right. Uh, that Tennessee game, dude, that that's the best road game road atmosphere I've ever seen. It that's was saying nuts. something. Yeah. It, it was nuts. It was great. Well, snarky Sarky on Twitter says, OU at Tennessee 2015, clutch play after clutch play, absolutely legendary fourth quarter and overtime in wild environment. So he agrees with you. Well, and I, that was a program changer. Obviously, we needed that win. Uh, Tennessee was trying to get back, and there was a lot of expectations for that team that year. We really didn't know what we had in, in Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. But he was getting destroyed in that game because we were starting two freshmen at tackle, redshirt freshman and a true freshman. Um, and he, he was getting pummeled, but he fought and scrapped and just every single play was a gutsy effort. And I think that's what really endeared all the OU fans to Baker Mayfield right out of the gate. It was great. It was awesome. That one, of, and- one of my favorite performances of his. That and that picture of Sterling Shepard, like frozen in the air, like that's one of the coolest football pictures. That's one of the coolest OU football pictures ever, in my yep. opinion. I, that yep. picture is so sweet. Awesome, awesome. That that crowd there brought it. That, that that's a weird looking stadium. Whenever it's empty, it's like it's it's a Frankenstein stadium. It's old and it has you can. You can like sit there and look at every different renovation that they've gone through and, and how it's pieced together. But when it's full, my God, is it loud? And is there a bunch of people in there, man? It's cool. So th- this made me think about, you know, my favorite games. I feel like you got to break it up like as a player and then as, you know, part of the radio crew right. or a- as a fan. Right. And so favorite as a player, I've got, I think I've got three. Number one's the Sugar Bowl. We were supposed to lose by approximately 100. And after Alabama's first drive, it looked like that was possible. But defense played an incredible game. Trevor Knight, game of his life. We won, and it led to one of the more fun nights of my life. So it's kind of hard to beat that one. And it was like... My last game in college. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. The OU fans that were there were awesome. We had so there were so many former players there on the sidelines. Uh, Adrian Peterson was there. Jamal Brown, was a bunch of guys. Um, see, like Coach Stoops, how fired up he was. Yeah, that game was incredible. That was fun. Yeah, and then I had this was just. Just memorable, right? With 2012, 
we beat Texas 63 to 21. And I think they scored on like the last play of the game. So it should have been 63 to 14 or whatever, but that was the 95 yard. That was the Damian Williams run game with the Kenny stills block. And the bell dozer scored like four touchdowns in that game. We just whooped their ass. Like it was, and I don't know. We, we'd beat them really bad the year before we put, I think 55 on them in 2011, but just that was an absolute beat down. And to, to do that to them in that game, there's, I mean, you did that a couple of times, so you know what it feels like, but that is a, that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling because whenever it's close, it's, you're in a pressure cooker, man. You know, whenever the game is close and it's in question, um, but whenever you go out there and you jump all over them and you can see the quit on the other side, that's that's a lot of fun, man. That's a lot of fun. And then this last one, 2011, we went to Florida State. Number one versus number five. Game day was there. 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Ooh. Crowd was lubed up. Loudest game I've ever played in. I, I still I still think that was the loudest game I've ever played in. Just an incredible atmosphere, a really physical game. You go back and you look at the rosters of those two teams, whole lot of NFL players in that game. How was the but weather? Weather was great, a little what, sticky, but it was at night. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. So it was late. So it actually, I mean, it worked to our advantage. I was, you know, still sweating my ass off, but it was it was a really cool, like it, it felt like my first, like, okay, Hey, this is, this is why you come to OU type type game. Mm -hmm. And not to say OU Texas the year before in 2010 kind of had that feeling and the big 12 championship the year before had that feeling, but this game being on the road, like a true road game, it was the first time where it was like, all right, this is, this is what this whole thing is about. And we won. So that made it more fun. Well, that's awesome. You so you had road game at Florida State at road Notre game Dame. at Notre Dame, which is a really good one too. Yeah, it wasn't a very good game though. You guys, yeah, they weren't that I, dumped them. I I would have gladly traded beating them the year before. Yeah, yeah, um, but still, those are those are two good destinations. Which you know, we played Alabama in '02 and '03. And the, both of those games were really good. Like the one at home with that Ronaldo works run late and we had a scoop and score on defense. Like that was a crazy game and it looked like we were going to lose, but somehow pulled it off late. And then when we played down there in 03, that was a great crowd. Um, we ran a fake punt with Michael Thompson. That was awesome. But so that those were cool, cool. App. Both of those games are really cool. But the one at home was like, whew, it was like a two thirty kick, and it was like one hundred and two degrees outside. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, sounds terrible. My, I, I had I wrote down four as my favorite as a fan slash work in the game, and I, I think the list should probably be five. I should probably put the jump around game in 08 there because I was there, but. 2000, y'all's went over Nebraska, number one Nebraska. Last year's OU Texas game, that incredible comeback with Caleb Williams. 
the trip at Ohio State, that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. That that was a fun win. I'm, uh, I was really glad I was able to be there. And then Baylor in 2019. Yeah. Where they were down yeah. 28 to three and came back and won with Jalen Hurts. Like that game was that second half. Oh my gosh. And we, we were just losing it on the sideline. It was, it was so fun to be a part of that one. And that's like the hardest hitting game. I think I've witnessed it a long time. It was just, that was a brutally physical football game. That was a, that was a good one. I, for me, the, the sugar bowl against Bama, uh, 2021 OU Texas, the 2015 Tennessee game. Those three stand out. God, I wish we would have won the Georgia game. Is that everything right up until the the ending? That game was just incredible. If Good experience, yeah, I. If OU would have won that game, that would have been the best OU game ever, right? Yeah, probably because it. Well, who knows if they go on and win the national championship, which I think you and I both agree people, yeah. probably would have been the case, but yeah, still, still painful. You know where I was watching that? Where? I myself in a hotel in New Orleans. I was, I was playing for the Saints and I was just living in a hotel. I was watching that game alone in a hotel room. My wife was at the game. And I was watching it by myself. I was just, I was so excited and then had to, had to experience, experience that letdown and that loss all by myself in a hotel room. It was brutal. There was one of these games that I was, I remember whenever we were talking about it, I was watching, I think the, maybe the tech, um, Texas game. I was in a hotel room. I remember that. And maybe the, um, Maybe I feel like maybe the Fiesta Bowl would that have been right, or would the would the season have been over against Boise State? I don't know. No, you you would have been. You were still playing then. You would have been playing. Yeah, Fiesta Bowl's in January. Yeah, I think so. I think I was watching that one alone in the hotel room too, like that the is, second half of it after meetings. <laughs> yeah, after after team meeting and like yeah. snack, some ice cream and. <laughs> Oh, all right. Birthday shout outs time. Happy sixth birthday to Hudson Cooper Wells. Happy birthday, Hudson. Happy seventh birthday to Bradley Mabry. Happy birthday, Bradley. Happy 13th birthday to Cade Donaghy. Happy birthday, Cade. Happy 22nd birthday to Katie Gittemeyer. Happy birthday, Katie. Happy 25th birthday to Rachel. Oh, boy. Javine. Yeah. Javine. J-A-V-I-N-E. Yeah. Happy birthday, Rachel. You want to know the messed up thing about that one? This person sent it in and they're like, we're not giving you a pronunciation guide because Rachel's new to the family and she needs to hear it butchered. Oh, that's great. Javine. How about that? Rachel Javine. 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 <laughs> it's got to be one of those three. Javini. Happy- oh, if it's that. <laughs> Good luck, Rach. <laughs> Happy 25th birthday to Cayman Watkins. Happy birthday, Cayman. Happy 30th birthday to Rebecca Brightsoff. 
Happy birthday, Rebecca. Happy 30th birthday to Austin Donnell. Happy birthday, Austin. Happy 36th birthday to Diana Andrews. Happy birthday, Diana. Happy 46th birthday to Audrey Penrose. Happy birthday, Audrey. Happy 55th birthday to Brian Mallo. Happy birthday, Brian. Happy 55th birthday to David Patterson. Happy birthday, David. Happy 64th birthday to Brett Leverage. Happy birthday, Brett. We're still going, baby. (laughs) Happy birthday to Jill Jones. Happy birthday, Jill. And congrats to Sean and Emma Grilly on their wedding that is this Friday. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations, guys. That's awesome. At least the weather's going to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Or I I don't know where they live. Maybe it will be. Happy birthday, Amin Varga. And Amin, I was told to tell you, enjoy your buttery soft shirt for your birthday. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday. That's awesome. All right, let's get the college football roundup. But first, attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, spring is right around the corner, I promise, but it doesn't matter because it's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. Okay, National College Football Roundup. This is a story that I thought was very interesting. So, Georgia offensive line coach and associate head coach Matt Luke steps away and basically says, hey, I want to spend more time with my family. And remember, this is a guy that just a couple years ago was Ole Miss's head coach for a few years. Uh, he's been with Georgia a- as the O-line coach and associate head coach the last two seasons. Just won a national championship, right? But the the thing that stood out to me about this, Ted, you and I, we've, we've talked about what the grind is like for a college football coach now. Mm-hmm. But normally when you think a guy, okay, he's stepping away, like, for whatever reason, you're thinking, oh, okay, he's an older dude. You know, he's he's been coaching for a long time. And Matt Luke has been coaching for a long time, like over 20 years, I think. He's 45 years old. So you've got a young guy. He is young. A young guy saying, man, like, hey, the, the grind's a little too much for me. I need, I need to spend – I want to spend more time with my family. And it's just – it's just one of those things where it reminded me 
that number one, Kirby Smart is an absolute grinder, right? Uh, I think that you you've heard all kinds of people talk about not that he's like really really difficult to work for, like he's right. just really really demanding, but George's recruiting the way that they go about it, like it's twenty four seven. 365 like it never sleeps and just you think about everything that goes into being a college football coach right now recruiting name image and likeness transfer portal and all while you're trying to develop your current players you're monitoring what your current players are doing you know when it comes to off the field and in the classroom and you're also trying to coach like you're 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 game planning you're you're preparing for practice. Like you're putting these things together and dude, it's just a lot. And I, I saw this and I was like, Oh damn, he's only 45. And he's basically saying, this is, you know, I need, I need a breath. It's basically how I interpret it. It just, it was just a reminder to me that college football coaching is, I, I know they get paid a lot of money, but damn, it's demanding. It is. And you know, on top of all that, there's also there's also the fishbowl part of it too, right? And a lot of these college campuses are in smaller towns and you know, there's just you can't you can't just you, you can't go be a normal person, right? With without getting getting hounded perhaps and there's a lot to it and I think a lot of a lot of guys get into it to be a football coach, right? Because, you know, a lot of guys were players and it's what you know and you enjoy the game and you want to teach the game and scout the game and coach the game on game day and be a part of that competitive uh fire and going out and winning and competing. It's different than playing, but you're still you're still in the fire. I mean, I, I would say that football coaches are probably more active and engaged than any other sport right every play it you're you're constantly engaged and you're constantly a part of the outcome uh, it's not really like that in a whole lot of other sports uh, most mostly the hay is in the barn until you know it's competition time and it's off you go um i feel like there's there's probably a lot of coaches that look at it and say, am I, am I a football coach anymore? Or am I a, you know, a guidance counselor and a disciplinarian and like, there's so much stuff other than football. So I always wonder like how, how do coaches deal with that? Because football, you know, ends up being one of the, it's a big part of what you do, but gosh, all of your time is spent on other stuff and not necessarily football. Yeah. And it, it makes you wonder if, because Matt Luke's a hell of a football coach, right? Like, it, and it makes you wonder if more, if we're going to see this throughout college football a little more. And unless some things change, remember I'm, I'm all for the name, image and likeness stuff. The, the transfer portal, I, I don't know. I know people have talked about windows. I, I don't know, you know, how much you really can rein it in with where it started. So I, I don't know if it's going to get any easier or any less stressful for, 
for college football coaches. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people see it and like, see what they have to deal with. And it's the old thing like, Hey, that's what the money's for. Right. It's like, you you are paid to deal with all this stuff, but yeah, I just, some of these guys like, like Matt Luke was a former head coach. He's made a bunch of money. Yeah. And he's 45 and it's, he's probably at the point where it's like, how much more money do I need to have the quality of life that I want and spend the time, the amount of time with the people that I want to spend that time with? It's like, you know, you, you reach a point where it's like, do I have everything I need? And can I go enjoy my time left on this big rock? Yeah. And it, it it makes you wonder if we're going to start seeing more college coaches try to get to the NFL. Right, because I think, and you've heard a lot of coaches talk about this, but I think a lot of a lot of college coaches love love helping young men like develop as people. Development, yeah. Like not not just a football piece, but like being an influence in these young men's lives. And we've talked about how it feels a little more business-like now it feels like it's getting professionalized more and more but are there going to be more guys that look at him like hey this just isn't what I thought or what I want it to be and maybe they go to the high school ranks right Uh, for guys that you know really want to have that influence but it's going to be interesting to see over these next couple years if we see some more coaches step away kind of like Matt Luke did or try to try to go to the NFL or maybe try to go to high school. I just, I I don't think that, you know, we're going to lose all the good coaches in college football because there's just so much money that you can make, but it's just something that, you know, we, we should probably keep an eye on because I saw this today and it made me think, huh, that is, that's interesting. Well, the problem with, it's it's tough to just go to the NFL because there's a there's there's a limited amount of spots and there's a lot of turnover, but it's musical chairs turnover, not necessarily guys that are no longer in the business. Um, so it's tough. It, it's really tough. Now, the next alternative would be USFL, XFL stuff, but as we know, there's just there's no, I mean, not guarantees, not even uh, close to being anything for long-term there. You don't even know if the league is going to withstand one year, two years, three years. So that's not much of a career, but until you have other alternatives, there's not, there's no, there's not a whole lot of like kind of middle of the road. It's either you're in it, you're strapped in, this is the real deal or, you know, there's lower division two, II, division three stuff out there, but yeah, you know, there's like a serious fall off, fall off in pay. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't think Kirby smart hides that. Like you gotta be all in to coach for him. And you know, you've, you've heard about their recruiting budget and just all the stuff that they do. And I, I mean, it is not an accident that they have acquired the talent that, that they have. I mean, it's just not. Well, I think that's a big I think that's a good part of what Venables has done 
uh, OU with adding all of these different positions and roles, it's it's taking a lot off of your money makers, your position coaches. You know, re- recruiting assistants and having a lot of help on some of that stuff that they're doing, game planning, like the administrative end of game planning, like, you don't just sit in a room and say, we're going to run this coverage. We're going to put this blitz up. We're going to do, you have to then like draw all of that up against every formation that your opponent is going to run. You have to get that out to the players, like notes, tips and reminders. Like there is so much administrative uh, to it that, you, whenever you combine that with keeping up with your guys going to class and workouts and being coached up and uh, taking care of your recruiting, there's just so much there. I love that he's added so many people behind the scenes to help with a lot of that other that other stuff. That's the yeah. time-consuming stuff. Yeah, it's what analysts are for. That's right. right? To do right. all all of that work. Right. That's that's what they're for. Okay, so we we had. We had Brett McMurphy on last episode uh, to talk about the college football playoff not expanding. And we we got to get a lot of Brett's thoughts. And if you haven't listened to that interview, highly recommend going to our last last episode and checking it out. But there are a couple things that I feel like we still needed to touch on because I'm still a little I, I'm still kind of pissed that the leaders, the you know, air quotes leaders of college football weren't able to weren't able to get anything done. So for for what one one thing that I keep hearing is that it's like some galaxy brain play that that by not expanding now, by like taking less now, that it will lead to them bidding it out and making more money. After we talked to Brett McMurphy and he told us that ESPN would have been willing to bring other media partners in like that's just not true from from what i've gathered like they could have done both they could have expanded it out now made more money and then bid it out when the contract was up so i i, I once again just from a business perspective like i it's baffling to me that the college football playoff isn't expanding i i don't understand yeah well who knows what the landscape looks like whenever they're proposed, you know, kicking the can until. So there is no guarantee down the road. You just never know. Likely there's the market is still going to be there and college football is still going to be, uh, you know, one of the high, highest sought after entertainment options for, for Americans, but you just never know what might happen. So, well, it, it, that's just that's just assuming that you couldn't have done it now, which you could have. I don't. I honestly feel like this is a very small handful of people just being a gear or a wrench in the gears for no reason, like just to hurt other people. Um, here's the thing. Ultimately. I don't think it matters for Oklahoma. Frankly, it's probably easier to win a four-team national championship than it is a 12-team national championship, right? 
Now, you could get some help by a long shot beating a really good team. You could. But you could also sustain injuries. You could, you know, you just, you never know. It's easy. The fewer games, the less variables. So for Oklahoma, I don't think it matters, right? But as a fan, I think specific, I think the biggest part of it is hosting the first round games on campus, I think has the potential to take college football just out of this world. So they're screwing it up. But the Bulls, it don't even get me started on the Rose. No Bulls. one cares about the Bulls. No one. That's cares. been abundantly clear. No Since one. The day you cares. started playing a playoff, every other game outside of that was reduced to meaningless. So, you you mentioned the fans, right? And that is the part that, as I thought about this more, like that's the part that bugs me, like the. The leaders of college football weren't able to get this done, and I think they failed the players, they failed the the sport, and they failed the fans. And I, I don't want to make it sound like the coaches and players aren't what makes college football. Like, clearly, they're the one coaching and playing in the games. But when you talk about the business of football, fans are what make the sport. Because everyone talks about the TV distribution, right? You know, the TV contracts. The only reason these conferences are getting those huge TV contracts are because the fans watch. And them not expanding the college football playoff is a disservice to fans. Mm -hmm. Because we, we've seen... Schools across the country lose interest. Fan bases across the country lose interest because a couple weeks into the season, they've got no shot at going to the college football playoff. If these people truly had the best interest of college football in their minds, like they, they would realize that an expanded playoff would bring more fans into the fold and keep more fans into the fold for, for longer periods of time during the regular season it would actually make the regular season even more fun for the fans and people would watch and watch and watch i don't understand how they don't understand that and maybe i'm missing something i'm not going to pretend like i'm some business genius or something but i just the more i thought about it the more like upset I became about it because it just it's stupid that the college football playoffs not going to expand anytime soon. Everything about college football is stupid. The whole structure of it is stupid. It's dumb. Imagine the NFL. There's 32 teams in the NFL. And then there's another 32 teams that just randomly play the the real 32. Like, they can't make the playoffs. They can't win a Super Bowl. They're just there. That's what college football is. You have 130 Division I teams, right? And on any given year, and I'm being generous, I you got maybe 15 that have a legitimate chance at winning a national championship. And it's more like two. <laughs> right? It's more like two. 
But that means you got a, a well over a hundred schools, teams that are in the same division that are just there. They don't have the budget. They don't have the players. They don't have the fan base. They're just there. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me at all, but it's, it's how they've always done it. And the, the powers that be are going to continue to vote in a way which helps them stay separated from the pack, I think, right? You know, there's a chance that if you were to do a 12-team playoff with automatic bids for your conference champs, that the balance of power could change pretty quickly. You know, it could change pretty quickly in, in a matter of five or six years, the real balance of power could, could be thrown out of whack. And we know the big boys don't want to throw anything out of whack. Like they got it great right now. Everyone makes a ton of money. There's a huge separation between them and their opponents in the amount of money that they make. If everyone, like you divide up $450 million, like some people are going to make more money. It's going to make them more competitive, but like we already make a couple hundred million dollars a year. Is it really going to make us that more competitive? No, probably not. I don't know. It's just, it's, that's the only real thing that I could justify why they would be against it. That, or they're just purposely trying to hurt a handful of teams and, and maybe a conference. All I know is Greg Sankey said a couple things this week where you're like, Oh, that's interesting. But he's like, ah, we'll see how we feel next time we talk about this. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh write that down, uh, you know, file it away just just in case I need that quote in, in the future. Cause it's like, hey, you know, yeah, we were we were gonna do it because it was the best thing for the sport, but who knows how we'll feel when we time, uh yeah. when we talk about the when we start these negotiations again. But that was uh that was definitely noteworthy. Yeah. That's right, because now it's like, oh, now everyone agrees. This is great. Oh, actually, nah, we don't like this one. Yeah. I, that's it's, what happens, though. And, it's and just that's, frustrating. That's what I think is going on, though, is you've got people in power that are sitting there playing with one another. When everyone wants a, an expansion, they're just they're busy throwing little jabs at one another because of some couple of teams left a conference and went to another one. Eddie as hell. Yeah. It's just frustrating as someone that, you know, kind of covers college football, right? That's kind of part of what we do here with, with what we do for OU and then what we do on our radio shows, what we talk about on here. I, I would like for college football to be more popular as much fun as we make of people out on the West coast. Them, them starting to care more about football would be good for us. It's huge. There's a huge amount of people out there. Massive. I, I would like for them to care more. I really would. Because that would be good for college football as a whole. And it's just frustrating that, you know, w- with expansion not coming until who knows when, right? 
it's just frustrating that it's going to continue to be as regionalized as, as it is. Now, us living here in the state of Oklahoma, like football is, is king, right? So it's, but I'm just talking about the long-term overall health for college football. And I know things are changing rapidly with the NIL stuff and the portal and all this stuff. I get it, but I, I just want it to continue to grow because I care about college football. And, and I feel like all of these people, it was like, okay, what, what is it? What's best for us, which I understand like that's their job, but you got to look, look out for the sport as a whole. And I just don't know how, how they didn't see that. I, I just, well, it's, here's, it's here's frustrating, the, man. Here's the very telling stat. And I don't have them all in front of me, but the very first playoff, the ratings were incredible through the roof. And they've gone down every single year. This year's playoff was the lowest rated, and it's down by more than half of what the initial playoff was. And what'd you have in the initial playoff? You had Oregon, Florida State, Alabama, Ohio State, right? You were pretty well represented in, you had a West Coast team, you had Florida in there, you had Midwest, Ohio State, Alabama from the SEC, right? Ultimately, isn't that what you want? A Pac-12, a Big Ten, an ACC, an SEC, isn't that ultimately what you want? Is, is it to be spread out and you engage all of those different, you know, if you're a, if you're in the Pac-12, like it may not, Oregon may not be your team, but we played Oregon this year. Like I know that team I'm going to watch, but if it's SEC over and over and over, it turns off everyone else. There's no interest there. And you've seen that play out 100% in, in the ratings. One thing that would come with college football playoff expansion that would only help the sport. If you expand the playoff, you you play some teams you don't normally play. And then those fan bases started, they start hating each other, which is what makes college football incredible <laughs> is the exchange of trash talked on social media. Like, that's a huge part of college football now. Now, our fan base, probably the best at it, or at least you, the, probably the best at, you know, rallying the troops and going after someone. But once again, it, it's like they don't think about these things. Like, can you imagine how fun that would be for, yeah. uh, for everyone involved? Yeah. I, whenever you said that, I got, for whatever re- reason, I had the vision from Star Wars um, when the emperor, empire, uh, emperor is telling him, do it, strike me down. And the hate grows the force, right? And that's what's going on in college football. The hate grows the force and more people become engaged. And who knows? They may play against you and like you and start watching your team and following your team a little bit more. We played them last year. We saw him as a freshman Let's follow him. You know, it's just the more people engaged, the better any idiot can figure that out.
only these guys didn't realize that if they expanded it, it would create a significantly better opportunity or a significantly better chance that OU and USC would play each other in the next couple of years. Yeah. And you talk about ratings, you talk about build up to a game. They robbed us of that. They robbed us of that possibility. Well, I'll tell you right now. I really I don't know like what the scenario would be, but I have a feeling if neither one of us make the playoff next year, we're going to see them in a bowl game somewhere. Like that is going to happen somewhere. That would be if if they play, I want something to be on the line. Like I, I, and I I'm know- with you, but I I don't know. I just sense it happening. I hope not. That's what Brett McMurphy picked OU and USC in the Alamo Bowl. I don't want to it's play USC pick. in the Alamo Bowl. It's a terrible pick. We will not be in the Alamo Bowl, but um, it's a god-awful pick, by the way. It's a horrible pick. Terrible pick. But if if we're not in the playoff, they will do everything in their power to make that, that game happen. Ugh. Yeah, I want that game. I When that happens, it's going to happen, right? At some point, it's going to happen. I, I want there to be – I want it to feel like something is on the line. Yeah. Like big regular season game or in the playoff. I don't want it to be – no offense to the Bulls. No offense to the Alamo Bowl. Great hosts. Had a great time down there in San Antonio. But that's that's not how I want that game to feel. Does that make sense? We need that game to be a national championship game played in uh, Las Vegas. That would be sick. Absolutely. Sign me up for that. Hopefully, we make it for kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> We're 10 games. I don't know. I haven't seen him. <laughs> Broadcast starts in 10 minutes. Do they know? I, I haven't seen him. Quick, check the craps table at the Bellagio. Yeah. Uh, you know man. we only play craps at Riverwind. What are you talking about? Come on, man. Well, if they've got a location out in Vegas, we'll hit it up. Mo- mobile craps table. We'll bring <laughs> it. Craps to go. We'll I bring it. it. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first concussions are a part of football they don't have to be a part of your pool party nip the slip with soft rocks rubber safety surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck soft rock of okc specializes in customized slip resistant decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks patios walkways and gym floors local business owners heidi and cody clark at soft rock of okc are ready to help you prevent that next slip visit soft rock dot com slash okc that's f-s-o-f-t-r-o-c dot com slash okc for more information the clarks also own the driveway company driveway company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems they can repair cracks clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs visit the driveway company.com slash okc for all of your driveway repair needs, learn more about Soft Rock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. Make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. 
Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Now, this has not happened yet, but I'm hoping it does. The winner of the week is the entire NFL watching world. Troy Aikman apparently is close on the verge of signing a contract with ESPN for Monday night football. Finally, it's only taken ESPN, I don't know how long, 15 years, maybe longer, to figure out the right person to put on Monday Night Football. Be so awesome. They have messed around with that broadcast so much. To have Troy Aikman on there would be awesome. I I really enjoy him, man. I think he's great. I I do, too. Is it? Is it bad to say I don't want it to happen? Because I love him and Joe Buck together. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that Fox broadcast. They've got really good chemistry. They do such a good job. They've been doing it together for a while now. Like, it's a really good broadcast. I... I don't want it to be broken up. You know what I mean? Like you, you know how you get comfortable with your broadcast teams and you're like, Oh, I like, yeah. I love Nance and Romo. I know that some people don't feel as strongly as they used to about Tony Romo uh, as an analyst, but I still think he does a really good job, but Buck and Aikman are, they're the best for me, man. I, I they do a, they do a great job right together. Well, you know what I mean? And I don't, there seems to be maybe a uh, some growing thought that Al Michaels, who his contract is up to, may be the partner. Now, if you have Al Michaels and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football, you got yourself a serious broadcast there. You got yourself, you got yourself a serious price tag is what you've got. <laughs> yeah, buddy, you do. You do, which is interesting, you know. At, at the end of the day, Like, I think it's so weird that, like, I think Tony Romo signed like a 17, $18 million contract and Troy Aikman's going to make a huge one too. I never watch a game because of who's calling it, but I will not watch a game because of who's calling it. So I, I don't think you have to. You just don't have to have someone bad, right? You don't have to try and reinvent the wheel. Like uh, just a good, solid broadcast, I can handle. I don't need it to be over the top. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't need it to be life altering or yeah. anything. I like to learn something. And at, the one thing I think Troy Aikman does a really good job of is he clearly knows the X's and O's. One thing I think he. Be, because he is who he is, because he's Troy Aikman, like I think that the that teams tell him stuff. Yeah, 
And I think he does a really nice job of subtly weaving that stuff into his call where you're like, oh man, that's a great point. And then he'll say something. I'll be like, that's a little too on point. You know what I yeah. mean? Where he's like, he, he knew something like he was, he was informed and he, he's Troy freaking Aikman. Like, yeah, people, when, when they get in the production meeting, I'm sure people are like, oh, what's up, Troy? And they talk ball and I, I don't think he like burns anyone or anything like that. So the, <laughs> my favorite thing he's starting to do now is if, if a quarterback stinks, he's not even like settling, letting you know, he, he lets you know that the quarterback's not very good. And it's, it is awesome. It's one of my favorite things now in all of, in all of football broadcasting. And when, when Troy Aikman is just ripping a, especially a young QB, just ripping them apart. Yeah. Well, I, I would love that on Monday night football. Cause Monday night football has, I think it's really lost its uh, its punch. It used to be the biggest game of the week. And now Sunday night's the biggest game of the week. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the the broadcast. You It feels like a serious game when it's on Sunday night because the broadcast crew treats it, treats it as such. And... ESPN screwed around with the Monday night broadcast so much that people, it, it just, it just lost the punch that it had before. So I don't know. I, I think that would be a great move. And I and, think we've talked about this before, but go ahead. Sorry. Just ESPN. Don't you dare try to make Troy Aikman part of a three man crew. Don't you dare try to do that. It's him and one other guy. That's it. We don't need anything more than that. That's all uh, we need. ESPN has just announced Al Michaels, Troy Aikman, and Jim Carrey are going to be in the booth for Monday Night Football. God, don't, don't, don't overthink it. Just, just give us a. They're bringing Dennis Miller back. Dennis Miller's back. Um, I, you know who I really like. I think we talked about this. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. He does a really, really good job. He's funny. He makes fun of himself. He doesn't take him like he's he's not trying to to be a know-it-all. It's just a it's a good, entertaining broadcast. Yeah, we'll see. I it, it seems like from the reporting that's out there, like this thing's getting done pretty soon, and he's going to be getting Romo money. So, congrats to Troy Aikman. What a life. Yeah, he's gonna uh he's he's gotta outshine Romo once again, right? I mean, come on. Jeez, poor Romo. He's got what do you think? Twenty million? Isn't yeah, he's gonna get he's going to get more than Romo. Remember, he's got a great thing going at Fox. Like you're you're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, I I bet you he's getting twenty million a year. Remember, Romo is on what is he, a hundred and eighty million dollar deal? Is that right? I don't know. 18 yeah, million a 18, year for 10 I think years. It's like 17 and a half a year. Yeah. So he's getting more than Romo. I know that. Can you believe that? A million dollars of broadcast pretty much. Dude, you need to. You're really good. You need to get more into the TV game, man. Come on. What are we doing? Uh, I'll be your no agent. No way. My fee is 25%. Okay. Let's do it. I'll make if some you, calls. I'll start. I'll start working on it. If you give me a twenty million dollar uh, deal, you can have seventy five percent of it. Okay, 
I, I you all heard that. That is on record. That is a verbal contract, sir. Who do you have as your loser of the week? Oh. Not again. Yeah. Again. We were stuck on 21 points for like 15 game minutes. Made me so sad. I know. Yeah. I had to. Now, I will say, I think part of it was uh, a team that's lost its confidence and and obviously not not playing great offensively. But the other part of it is Texas Tech is legit. And they got them where they've got a ton of momentum. They're flying high right now. Their fan base is locked in. That was a that was a, a good atmosphere to play a road game. I mean that that was a tough one. That was uh, that that was a brutal one. But I still believe that there is a chance if they win out. Now they got to they got to turn it around. It's not going to be easy to win out. You couldn't ask for a, a better final three games. Two two of the three at home in this conference, but they're going to have to win out and at least win one game in the conference tourney to have a chance. And maybe have some of the other bubble teams lose a few games. Yeah. They need a lot of help. A lot of help. Does help them that I unanimously across the country, they, they play in what's considered to be the best conference. So that does help him. That's why, that's why Lenardi had him on the bubble for basically six weeks as they went through their uh, their growing pains. But I don't know. I'm still holding out some hope. May Ween hit that three at the buzzer to break forty. <laughs> I know they ended up with forty two points via a three pointer at the final buzzer. Oh. They just turned it over so much, man. God, and I, t- Texas Tech. It, I talked to a lot of people that cover basketball very closely. You know, guys that call games. You know, guys like Fran Fischilla, Chris Patola, you know, some of these guys at ESPN did do, been doing radio lately with King McClure, who's called a bunch of Big Twelve games. Texas Tech. When in, in the advanced metrics say this as well, like they're the best defensive team in the country. Yeah. So get getting held below your season average against them, like that's acceptable. Scoring 42 points in a college basketball game in the Big 12 just can't happen. Yep. That's that's embarrassing, man. 42. Well, I don't care how good their defense is, you gotta score, you gotta score more points than that. When you are a, when you're a, 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 I think Oklahoma's a good, tough team defensively. But when you are, when you're a defensive team and you struggle scoring points, you cannot turn the ball over. That cannot be a weakness. Like your, your shooting percent, like, your three-point percentage and getting to the rim and all that stuff. Like, if that's a weakness, that's a weakness. You can't also have turnovers. You can't. You cannot win a game that way 
with with how they're structured. You have to shut down the turnovers, eliminate that, and you're still going to be in a grinder. Like most games, you're going to win in a grinder, but if you if you turn the ball over and you struggle scoring, it just makes it borderline impossible, especially against good teams. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say this. I still think Porter Moser is the guy. I I, I believe in him. Totally agree. I believe in him. I believe the way that he goes believe in the way that he goes about his business. They have to get more talent. They just they don't have enough length. They don't have enough athleticism. They need more talented players. And, you know, that that's recruiting, transfer portal, whatever. Like, they got to do whatever they got to do to get some more talent. Because you look at some of the teams around the Big 12, like, there's a couple of programs only going to get better, right? You, you look at, you know, Baylor's not going away. Mark no. Adams has proved that Texas Tech is there to stay. Texas is going to get better under Chris OSU. Beard. Oklahoma State is going to continue to get better. TCU even has seemed to figure some things out under Jamie Dixon. Kansas, of course, not going anywhere. But Iowa State under TJ Otzelberger. Like you talk about the turnaround they've had this year alone, they're going to get better. OU's got to improve the level of the talent on the roster quickly. And I think they will. I I think – you know, it's not like uh, Moser's going to hit a top five recruiting class, you know, this next signing period. I don't believe that. But I think given more time, um, he's established himself here. Transfer, like he, he's, you hate it. I mean, it's not how you want to build a program, but he's going to, for the time being, probably be living in the transfer portal. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right, if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store, and buy some Balcones products. You've got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. The final liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with the NFL. You, you mentioned the Troy Aikman thing, and possibly going to Monday Night Football, but also the XFL basically came out and said they're willing to be the NFL's experimental league. <laughs> like They could try all the rule changes. They could try new equipment. They're, they're, they're down to be the league to develop coaches and refs. They're like, yeah, we'll do what you want. I thought, I was like, that's a that's a win for the NFL, little experimentation league. Mm-hmm. No, that's smart. And 
You know, just like anything, I know the, the USFL, what they just had their draft today. Um, um, but it's tough to get those off the ground. If you can like collaborate, not, not be a part of, not be a feeder league. Like they're not going to say that, but if you could collaborate with them any way possible to try and help your standing, that's a good thing. You want the NFL to want you to stay around. So yep. you, you got to find a way and letting them try some of that stuff in your league is I think a pretty good strategy to try to stick around for a while. So we'll, yep. we'll see how it works, but also it's the rock. Everyone loves that guy. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. but no, I agree. The clear winner of the week, Panchakarma cleanses. Or maybe I should have gone with ghee, which I guess is like some sort of butter. But I guess, I guess Aaron Rodgers is my winner of the week because, I mean, he's he's the reason people are talking about all this weird stuff. So 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 there's so much attention on Aaron Rodgers right now, and all press is good press, right? First. He has this lengthy, emotional Instagram post that had all these people trying to figure out what does it mean that he's not in the picture with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb? It, does this, is this his goodbye? Is he retiring? What, why is he thanking the woman we all thought he broke up with? Are they still together? Like everyone's talking about all this stuff. And then he, he goes on. Pat McAfee show and he was like, ah, yeah, I posted that. Cause I was, I was feeling like I needed to express some serious gratitude after doing a 12 day Panchakarma cleanse. <laughs> I, was, I mean, it was, and then of course, everyone looked it up, induced vomiting to cleanse the upper gut, forced diarrhea to cleanse the bowels. Uh, you put oils in your nostrils. Uh, a medicated enema to cleanse the colon, um, some procedure that I guess is supposed to cleanse your blood. And I, I guess you do meditation and, and some yoga throughout the cleanse. I can't imagine you'd want to be doing any strenuous yoga if you've got the, the medicated enema going on or the forced diarrhea. That doesn't seem like a good combination to me but dude what is going on with Aaron Rodgers this dude what what is happening a cleanse that sounds more like a prisoner of war stay than it does a cleanse that sounds sounds horrible (laughs) that sounds god awful I you know he's he's in a spot right now and I admire it I got no problem but I got to tell you, you know, whenever the post came out and then he did McAfee show, I, I felt like it was, um, I, I felt it, like it was Talladega nights and Ricky Bobby was, uh, talking to his dad about, uh, if you're not first, you're last. And his dad says, hell, I was high when I said that. I thought that's what he was going to say about his post, you know? Uh, I was high when I sent that out. <laughs> I mean, so funny. There, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers is just, 
I mean, he, any natural drug out there, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is, is getting after it, but yeah, all, uh, all of this inspired by the Clint's, which I could probably get on board with a couple of those things, you know, what just do you mean? To, I, the out of all, of, I could put oils in my nostrils. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, I could do that. I, I think if I had to go, I would probably go forced diarrhea over induced vomiting because, you know, we talk for a living. Don't want to be vomiting too much, damaging the throat. But I. 12 days. <laughs> I, I have so many questions. Oh, wow. That sounds like torture. Woo. You, you want to know. And this is probably, it's so stupid. This was one of my first thoughts. When, when I saw this and kind of read up on the cleanse, Tom Brady has to see this and be so pissed. Mm. Yeah. He, he's the weird medicine, healthy guy, QB. Not Aaron Rodgers. He, he's the homeopathic medicine guy. <laughs> and th- this is, this is going to force Tom Brady to one-up Aaron Rodgers somehow, some way. Well, here's the thing. The TB12 method, Brady looks young, in shape. Tan. Tan. Somehow his hair has gotten better. Happy, energetic. Aaron Rodgers looks disheveled and a day away from disappearing. Where's Aaron? I don't know. He disappeared in the mountains. I haven't seen him in three weeks. I guess he's retired. No one knows. Yeah. I, the corduroy suit, the grown out hair. I, he's I, a step away from Uncle Rico. Uh, it's amazing. This is, this is stupid, but uh, you just like him just disappearing. Ha, have you seen this story about the bear in Lake Tahoe that they call Frank the, the Tank? Is that the 500 pounder? Yeah. Can't you, yeah. can't you see? It's like, where's Aaron? It just cuts to a scene of him and that bear, like cuddling in the woods. It's the dumb, just like, oh, it's okay, like I Frank. found Aaron Rodgers and they like take their phone over there and he's riding Frank the tank. He just, he's got a saddle on the 500 pound bear. Oh, oh that's so stupid. But yeah, Tom Brady's definitely. I think you're come more likely retirement. to see Aaron Rodgers in like a a side of the road rest stop in one of those old Volkswagen vans, you know, as, the hippie. As long band. as he's stopping at Loves, man, I don't care. Yeah, there you go. Those, those hey, those VW, those vans use a lot of gas. So, yep. I could see Aaron Rodgers. That's that's part of the what you call it, a uh, Panchakarma cleanse. Is some Java. Amore. Absolutely. Except for, you know, I let, I, I, I think that's, that's when you're, when you're back into normal life, okay. you can start drinking some coffee. I, yeah. I, coffee does have that effect on people though. Some people gets, gets the processes going. That is, that is the, I, I, I just don't understand that. Why someone would put themselves through 12 days, 12 days of that cleanse for what I'm guessing only amounts to a placebo effect at the end of it. 
he's recentered, Ted. You just wouldn't understand. Okay. Right. He's recentered. True. I, I won't I, understand. If he keeps playing football the way he has the last couple of years, I mean, do all the cleanses you want, man. He's been awesome. Now, I agree. Need to win playoff games, but hey. All right. For my loser of the week, thought about going with me and my wife. Something happened today. Uh oh. Little guy. We were cleaning up. We had just fed him, right? Uh-huh. We go and set him on his little, we've got this little pad downstairs, pretty big, pretty big set him where, you know, we normally, we, we can sit him there, not going anywhere, right? Oh boy. Wrong. We got a crawler. Wrong. We got an army crawler. We got movement, Ted. Oh no. Well, that's a, that's, that's a good thing, but it's, this is the first, first transition, first change. I finish, finish washing all the stuff in the sink, clean the counter. Turn around the corner. He's halfway in between where he's supposed to be and where we are. And I was like, wait, how'd you? And then I was like, oh, no. He's done it. So, yeah. How old is he now? Eight months. Okay. Yeah. About crawling time, I think. Uh Uh-huh. So, the next sign is look for the wobble. The wobble back and forth. Now, now I've got to dedicate all my time with him because mornings I get mornings with him. Mornings are it, it it's Cam and Dad time in the morning. That's good. And now I feel challenged, like, hey, if you're gonna be moving, like, we're gonna get you moving, moving. Is kind of how <laughs> I feel now. So, That's but awesome. yeah, the uh, the days of just laying him on his back and not having to worry about him going anywhere, over. Yep. Dang it. Enjoy every single moment. Enjoy it. Enjoy it before you know it, man. They grow up fast. Loser of the week, Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Losing sponsors left and right. KPMG is out. Amstel Light out. Now, I- I'm not sure if he was serious about leaving the PGA Tour for the Super Golf League or if he was just working with them closely to, to scare the PGA tour, or leverage them, whatever into giving the most popular players, a bigger cut. I I'm really not sure what his plan was, but he was one of the guys working close closely with the Saudi back golf league. And seems like he was a guy that was pushing guys like Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau to do it. well, what he said about Saudi Arabia came out. Now, I guess Phil says it was off the record. Uh, Alan Shipnuck said it was definitely not off the record. You know, Phil told him all that stuff, never said it wasn't on the record, but the fallout of the entire situation can only be described as substantial for lefty. I mean, KPNG, I feel like they've been with him for forever. And you got sponsors bailing, you got other golfers, piling on i know rory said he didn't want to kick him while he was down but rory prefacing that your comments where you just you just get, go after him with hey you don't want to kick him while he's down but he's ignorant he's stupid like i i love how he prefaced it like hey it's like hey no offense but but i just i it it also seems like the super golf league or i think that's what it's called is pretty much dead after this. 
so not a good week for Phil Mickelson. Now he apologized. I, I do kind of disagree. Some people seem to think this is going to have some big effect on his golf legacy. I, I don't think that is going to be the case, but certainly not a great week. Not a great week for Phil. No, it's not, which, you know, the super golf league, if it's the same thing that I saw and read up on now, I didn't, the thing I read didn't say anything about where the money was coming from for it, but it sounded awesome. It sounded really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. I just, I find it interesting though, that uh, everyone is lobbying their, their shots right now at Phil Mickelson and that's fine. That's fair game. I got no problem with that, but Saudi Arabia has a lot of money and they're invested in a lot of businesses. There's a lot of people that take money from Saudi Arabia. Phil Mickelson is not the only person that does business with money from Saudi Arabia, right? There's a lot of companies out there that do business with some shady regimes, which is why they are bailing on Phil Mickelson because of what he said about Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. No. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. We, yes. we don't talk a lot of geopolitics on here, but I, uh, I am definitely picking up what you were putting down. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, there's, you know, I, I just, people seem to have these moments whenever they decide that, oh, it's not okay to do business with these people. And it's like, okay, well, let's check your portfolio real quick, see who you're doing business with, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I not think, excusing I anything the, that he said. Yeah. I think the outrage is more about, like, the disparaging things he said about Saudi Arabians. Well, yeah. Which, or at least that's how I understand it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, you're Phil Mickelson. Like, you say something like that. First of all, you got to know if you're on the record or not with a golf writer. And then, yeah, yeah, if you're Phil Mickelson, don't say dumb stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Let's hope they don't disappear him, you know? (laughs) Hey, no comment. Listen, I I, I don't know. I don't know what. I'm not getting Phil Mickelson. I know that. That's why there's a, there is a reason, like there's a reason we haven't talked about the Abbey Broyles thing on here, <laughs> but nothing good could come from it, man. It's no. a, it's a hilarious story, but we ain't touching it. Oh, man. It, that one took me by surprise when someone said that I was like, they're like, where do you read the story? I just sent you. It's like, huh? I wonder who signed a free agent deal or whatever. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Nice. Yeah, but rough week for Phil Mickelson, losing a lot of sponsors. Hang in there, Phil. There'll be another huge story drop in the next three or four days, and you'll be off the hook. We'll be on to the next one. On that note, episode 192 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning, hopefully having Kennedy Brooks on with us Sunday night. All right. Yeah, before he goes to the Combine. 
Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Stay safe in this weather. Have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Tonight.